Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot of different stories to break down today, including an update on Ben Simmons and a surprising team that is currently in pursuit. Keith Smith joining me as always. Well, I guess not as always. Welcome back, Keith. <laughs> we didn't get to see you Thanks, on, the, on the last show, but glad everything sounds like it's going okay uh, health-wise with your daughter and all that. I know a lot of people were asking about it, got hurt in a soccer tournament, but sounds like she's going to be okay. So that's that's great news to start off the show with. Yeah, I had um, could not believe the number of people reached out, uh, whether it's through the comments on the video or uh, people sent emails and tweets and things like that. So very, very much appreciated by the entire Smith family. She she's going to be fine. We have a uh, we have a little goalie in the family and she uh, dove and made a save and got kicked in the face, unfortunately, uh, right, right, right up here um, above her eye. Um, it was a lot of blood, as you can imagine, from any cut on the face. And uh, it looked probably worse than it really was. But uh, but she's she's tough. She's a lot tougher than her dad is. And she's, uh, she's hanging in there. She wanted to go back into the game. And the trainer was like, absolutely not. You're not uh, you're, you're done for the day. And there was only about five minutes left. Um, so she uh, had done everything she could to preserve a shutout in a 0-0 tie against a, a, a club that is uh, two divisions higher than her own. Wow. So we're, we're pretty proud of her. She had uh, played, um, played her best game of the very early season here uh, for us. So yeah, but, but mostly thank you to everyone who reached out. Uh, could not appreciate that more. Uh, it meant a lot, but yeah, happy to be back. Everybody's uh, healthy and sound and I'm ready to talk some hoops. All right. Well, let's jump right into it then. Well, actually, wait, before we jump into it, we are like on the cusp of hitting 10,000 oh, yeah. subscribers on our youtube channel Maybe i should miss more shows <laughs> so <laughs> if if you are i don't think that was the the key there keith I, <laughs> I don't but, think so. but if you are not subscribed for some reason you're watching this make sure you hit that subscribe button we're going to do an extra live stream once we hit ten thousand, just to kind of celebrate we'll do an ama it's going to be a lot of fun so again we're almost there almost to ten thousand subscribers so if you're not subscribed right now hit that subscribe button and don't forget to turn on notifications as well all right now I offered to do that live stream in a bikini, but Trevor <laughs> and I decided we didn't want to immediately go back down to like 5,000 subscribers. So, so I will not subject you. Well, I promise I will not do that. And I promise uh, once we're past COVID, all the hugs to everybody who subscribes that, that you can get if we meet in person. That's right. Whenever we do a, a watch party in person or something like that, there we will have to have to thank everybody who got us to 10,000. Um, all right, let's, let's kick things off with, well, the, the big, story that's been bouncing around the NBA the entire offseason Ben Simmons on his way out of the 76ers at some point it's going to happen we just don't know when or where just yet but another team that is interested in him the Cleveland Cavaliers and we had heard some whispers about them maybe being involved but that is something that is now persisting a little bit odd given that they've already signed a number of bigs, Jarrett Allen getting a, a bunch of money. Uh, you know, they, they've made a bunch of moves here that wouldn't suggest that they're on the verge of landing Ben Simmons. But then again, if they believe he is a true superstar, you're not going to let like Lowry Markin and stop you from going and getting a Ben Simmons if that move is indeed on the table for the Caps. And in some ways, that might even help you because now you've got a shooter that you put on the floor with him because that's what you have to be able to do is balance out his uh, decided lack of shooting uh, by putting other shooters on the floor. So, yeah, I think it's um, – we have said for a while that a small market team should be the one who goes kind of all in because you're not going to sign an all-star talent like Ben Simmons just – 
on in free agency. It's not going to happen. It's it's whether you're Cleveland or Minnesota who continues to be my favorite destination for him and the one I, I mm-hmm. think that makes the most sense. But yeah, uh, Mark Stein was the one who had it. So we know that it's really good information. Not that other reporters don't have good stuff, but when Stein is dishing on trade stuff, I think we know it's uh, really solid stuff. So, so yeah, I, I think uh, just keep an eye on it. Right. And his, his uh, main thing was there, they're, I forget exactly how we put it, what he says, they're pushing hard or continue to be engaged yeah. or whatever it was. So, yeah, I, it's, my guess is, I mean, we're three weeks from today. We're recording this on Tuesday the 7th. Three weeks from today, training camps open around the league. Six weeks from the season starting. Uh, this is going to happen sometime, my guess is, is within the next three, four weeks because it's just going to continue to be a circus until it does go down. Yeah, we've been saying we can't see them actually starting the season with them still on the roster. I suppose if they really are far apart in terms of the offers they're getting and what they want, maybe they go down that path, but it's going to get more and more difficult, particularly if we get to the point where training camp starts and Ben Simmons follows through with that threat to not report then everything really gets complicated for the 76ers because then you know every question is going to be asked for every single player and it's going to be about Ben Simmons and that's going to be a situation that the 76ers are not going to want to go through. So we'll see. Now on the flip side, one other thing, uh, Daryl Morey went through this last year Mm -hmm. with, or I guess he didn't go through it, but his former club went through it with James Harden uh, last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it clearly wasn't Maury, right? He was already with Philly, so that was a mis- misspeak on my part. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's not completely uncommon to see a guy go and, and it kind of drags into the season. But I, my guess is this team would like to get this done if if it's going to happen. But I don't think Maury's – that doesn't mean Maury's going to take a not great deal just to get it done. He's not going to give them away. He's not going to – he'll tell them, all right, fine, then you don't play and you sit until we're ready to go so yeah but is he uh but what is it yeah what is it i always blow that quote as the sands through the hourglass or whatever it is i gotta start watching those soap operas now that i'm home <laughs> during the day as the world turns <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is right it's something like something that. along those lines but i remember uh, my grandmother watched them when i was home <laughs> sick from school she she would put those on they came on after prices i was right. gonna say after prices is, right that's what yeah. you gotta watch you get your seven up and you watch the prices yep. right that's what you do when you're home sick from school <laughs> that's it. All right, Uh, Keith, in in your neck of the woods, Jonathan Isaac is unsure whether or not he's going to be ready for the start of the season, recovering from a torn ACL. Uh, He was there. I I saw him in summer league. He was walking around, obviously not doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, no no workouts or anything like that that we saw, but uh, but was walking around just fine in summer league, recovering from that torn ACL. That was that was terrible to see because he is such an exciting young player and so just fascinating the the combination of length and skill set and all that you you want this guy to be healthy and see what he can do if he can really put it all together and i think if i'm the orlando magic i'm approaching this as though you know what if you're not ready to start the season if you're at 95 percent, just wait just wait there's no reason to rush him back at all yeah you're spot on with that the magic are they know they're going to be bad this year they 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 fully own that it's going to be a very much a transition year a lot of uh figure out what we got 
kind of situation here. They've got mm-hmm. a lot of really young players, uh, a couple guys who are um, extension eligible coming up, guys who are probably not going to get extensions unless they're team friendly, but then you're kind of evaluate them all year, going into restricted free agency. And then Isaac is still in some ways, I guess maybe Jalen Suggs will overtake him, but Isaac is still right now kind of crown jewel of what they've got on this team because he is their best chance of a guy who maybe makes an all-star team someday uh, of the guys who have played so far and i continue to maintain if he's healthy and the team is good enough this guy can win defensive player of the year he's just incredible on that end of the floor Mm. there's really not anybody he can't guard um all the way one through five he is uh you know very switchable or at least was before the injury so we'll see what that looks like now but yeah it's one of those things that's interesting because the 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 hardcore magic fans and yes they do exist i know people don't believe that they do but they do exist they are a little frustrated because they're like all right this is a year plus now this happened if we remember happened in uh, july of 2020 Mm -hmm. in the bubble is where he got hurt so it there are some people kind of wondering like are what are like like what is that i guess it was august of 2020 so but it's it'll be a year um you know, sense so that there are people wondering like, well, what's happening with Jonathan Isaac? Why are we not, you know, there? Like, like what is going on? You know, how is he not back yet? But it's just going to be, as you said, the organization's not going to, if, if he's not a hundred percent ready, he's not coming back. He's not probably, my guess is he'll probably rarely play back to backs this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, three and four nights. That's probably out of the, out of the picture as well. Uh, there'll be liberal rest days. Cause this team's not, they're, they know they're not a playoff team and they're not really trying to win a lot of games, but they do also do want to have them out there enough with the other young guys that you can evaluate fit and see how all those pieces come together. So he'll play, but maybe Christmas we see him instead of right at the start of the season, which again, that's, that's fine, right? You're not, you're not losing anything right now. If you're, if you're Orlando, you want to make sure he's 100% healthy and you don't get into another injury situation because you, because you rushed him back. There's just no reason for that. Um, Staying on the injury topic, TJ Warren, man, one of my favorite wing scores, his start to the bubble was ridiculous. He was just lighting (laughs) people up, but TJ Warren still out and now out indefinitely dealing with a left foot stress fracture. And apparently it is not healing as quickly as they would have hoped. So TJ Warren, not with the Indiana Pacers to start the year. Yeah, that one kind of came a little out of nowhere because mm-hmm. I would have assumed, I mean, he missed almost all of last season, you know, by, by the time it went down. So I thought, you know, we would have seen him uh, back on the court. He's a very important player for that team because his ability to play the the four as well as the three that unlocks some of those small ball lineups that they like to go to when they only use one of Sabonis or Turner. So I think that part get, gets a little a little tricky. So in in um, important to remember, this team lost uh, Doug McDermott mm-hmm. um, off of last year's team, who was also another guy who played a lot of three and four uh, for the Pacers. So they so they're not going to have him now. Uh, they did uh, draft uh, Chris Duarte. They they signed Torrey Craig. Um, they still have Justin Holiday. Of course, Karis LeVert's got good size, so he can play up a little bit. So they still have some versatility, but this has got to be considered a disappointment to not have uh, Warren to start the year. And then they filled out their roster today, though, 
uh, with their their final piece, um, uh, the final training camp spot. Uh, Nate Hinton, a guard with some size, played last year with the Mavs on a two-way contract, is joining the Pacers, uh, likely on a non-guaranteed camp deal. Uh, so that'll bring them up to the training camp preseason maximum of 20 players. And the Pacers were not the only team to add players. We've got a bunch more to get into here, but uh, let's go to the reigning Western Conference champs, the Suns who signed Chandler Hutchinson. Uh, Hutchinson, look, good size, good strength, the shooting, the shot efficiency, eh, not quite what you would have hoped for there just yet, <laughs> but still lands with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think that's a decent spot for him. He got traded to the uh, the Spurs in the Russell Westbrook trade from the Washington Wizards, and then the Spurs released him, and now he winds up in Phoenix, and look, there, there's worse places you can be than kind of an up-and-coming team like the Phoenix Suns. You know you can never have enough wing players in the NBA. Teams are always looking for them. So I think this isn't a bad landing spot for Chandler Hutchinson. Yeah, and they do have an open roster spot of, of their 15. I would have thought it would have gone to a big Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they they don't they're not going to have Dario Sarch, we know that um, he, he's going to be out for the pro, my guess is the entire season after tearing his ACL in the finals. So I would have thought they would have gone with another four or five kind of guy. Maybe they feel like Jalen Smith is ready to take more of a step Could forward. Um, they did bring Frank Kaminsky back, so maybe they're they're going to run with him. Uh, Cam Johnson has done well as a kind of a small ball four. For them, but Mikael Bridges can play up when Crowder's out of the game. So maybe that's just how they're gonna gonna mix and match it and put it together. Because yeah, you were being a lot more kind than I will be. I don't think Chandler Hutchison has showed he is an NBA level guy. Um, I just I, he's the, yeah, you're right. He's got good size, but that's, that's what I'm kind about. of about all he's got. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'll be kind of surprised if he even makes the Suns out of training camp. And they they still have uh, both of their two way spots open. Uh, at this point, Phoenix does. All right. Uh, let's see another another move that took place. Well, I guess let's just dive into it. The Bulls did a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bulls did a lot of things. So let's start with Alize Johnson. Roster. Uh, yep. Two year, three point six million dollar deal with the Bulls after getting waived by the Brooklyn Nets. They did that in order to make room for Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge coming in as well. Uh, what do you think about that that signing? Because I think that's a nice one for the Bulls. Yeah. And so. Let- Let's combine it right with the yeah. Stanley Johnson signing too, and then Matt Thomas um, also signed, and then they added uh, Ethan Thompson uh, as well. Thompson's definitely a camp uh, kind of guy right. for them. They'll look to get him to their G League team. Uh, Matt Thomas, maybe he makes it. They could use another shooter. It's starting to get a little tight uh, towards the back end of that roster, but maybe he makes it. Maybe he's a guy they uh, convert into a two-way if he's willing to do that. Uh, but yeah, Alizé Johnson and Stanley Johnson, couple wings with good size. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I I like Alizé Johnson more than Stanley Johnson yes. at this point. Um, he had that 20-point, 20-21 rebound game. Uh, last season towards the end of the year for the Nets against the Pacers, who are his former team. Uh, so for a guy who's about six foot seven, he's got good size and can uh, and can can you know, really bang the boards and uh, do some stuff there. So this is a team that could use a little bit more depth. They could use another guy who's kind of a four-ish coming off their bench because right now it's kind of Derek Jones Jr. and then uh, Marco Samanovic have that spot. So I, I like that one. And then Stanley Johnson, he's never quite put it all together. He should be a wing who can really defend and, and get after it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where 
it's just his shot has never come quite along enough to to really develop into being that three and D guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Thomas actually makes the team over yeah. him because at least Thomas we know is a shooter. Yeah, exactly. This guy can shoot the basketball. Uh, spent some time with the Toronto Raptors last season. Matt Thomas can shoot the ball, and shooting is in demand in the NBA. We talk about how teams want wings. They also want shooting, and if you can hit those outside shots like Matt Thompson, Thomas can, that's um, th- that gives you a chance to stick on some of these squads. And I guess maybe big picture, that's something we should mention here. Like a lot of the guys that we're talking about, there's, there's no guarantee they're actually going to make the yeah. team here right like like alizé johnson okay got a two-year deal yeah he's probably sticking around but a lot of these guys that are coming in non-guaranteed deals they're really just training camp invites we've hit that point of the year where you're getting like team yeah. x signs this player but that player is really just coming in to work out with a team that maybe wind up with the with the g league squad and so with exactly. some of these names don't just assume oh this guy is a lock on this team no that that's not we're not in that part of free agency right now yeah, no, it, it's pretty rare that Millsap, Aldridge, those ones are different right. types of things. But any of these guys you're hearing, uh, one, it's rare that they even make the team out of training camp. Uh, two, if they make it, then they have a big impact. That is even more rare. Kind of a guy who I think might be one of the last guys to to do it and actually have an impact with this team is Kenrich Williams, um, who's actually been pretty good in his career for both the Pelicans and the uh, Thunder. So that's what you're looking for is a guy like that or a guy who maybe shows just enough that then he gets to the G League, he gets a 10-day call-up later, uh, something along those lines. So and that's what the next guy I think we're going to talk about Trey Scott mm-hmm. to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, he is, he was with the Cavs in summer league, uh, looked better in summer league than I think he did at times in college. He, he's a, a six foot eight wing uh, player. He kind of played more as a power forward at Cincinnati in college than he did on the perimeter. He averaged 11.4 points and 10.5 rebounds um, per game and just under a block per game and a 1.5 steal. So kind of an active defensive guy can do some stuff uh, there, but on this Cavs team, very unlikely he's going to make the the team Uh, out of camp. Their roster is basically full now, but you know, good camp guy or maybe a guy that again gets converted into a two way contract and he could be there on a two way at the end. Cause that's what ends up happening with a lot of these guys. They sign well, when you sign an exhibit 10 contract, you're going to hear that term term used quite a bit. Uh, that generally means that there's language in there that allows that player to be converted uh, to a two-way contract, assuming he's eligible. Uh, players have to have four years or less of uh, service in the NBA to be eligible. So so just something to keep in mind as we you know roll through some of these names here. And the idea behind the Exhibit 10 contract is to be able to give a player a little bit of incentive to should they get cut yep. from the team, which in almost all cases they do, um, they come to training camp, they get cut, there's financial incentive for them to go, then go to the club's G League affiliate and play there. Yep. And I believe they have to stay for, I want to say it's two months, and then they get X yeah. amount of dollars in exchange for, for yep. doing 50K. so. 50K. Yes. You, it's almost always It's almost 50K almost like 50K. Is what they give them. Yep. Yeah, every once in a while it's a little bit less than fifty k, but almost always fifty thousand dollars. You go, it's it's you become what's called an affiliate player. Mm-hmm. So as long as you finish uh, training camp and then sign with the G League, uh, this is kind of a little bit of a misnomer player outside of the G League Ignite which is a very different thing that I think we need to kind of put almost in its own little box yeah. over here. Um, 
the the regular G League franchises, players sign with the league itself, and then they are allocated to teams, whether like, it be through through draft or free agency. It's like sort MLS. of way to claim. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you sign with the league versus the the teams. Um, but if you're an affiliate player, what happens is you sign with the G League, and then as an affiliate player, you're immediately assigned to that team's uh, G League team. So where uh, Cleveland has the charge is their G League team. So that's that's my guess is what will happen with a guy like Trey Scott. And there's going to be a whole bunch of these guys, the guys that we just talked about. Uh, Ethan Thompson with mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, Indiana has... Uh, Kiefer Sykes and Terry Taylor, a couple of guys they brought in. So you're, you're going to see a lot of that go on here uh, over the next month. And then what happens sometimes is you'll see teams will play some games at the end of a roster because they might be like, you know what? Wow, that Trey Scott guy looks pretty good. We want him as our affiliate player, so then they'll sign him. So they were the last team to have his rights, so then they get him as an affiliate player and block the other team. And we do see that happen every year. So that that's just a little bit of the fun uh, roster maneuvering at the end of the preseason that we like to see. Well, let's run through a couple of the other guys. There's one kind of biggish name that I want to finish with, but some of the other guys, Joe Weiskamp on a two-way to the Spurs, uh, Kenneth Bates, yep. Diop, uh, got a two-year yep. deal with the Spurs as well. Uh, we don't know what guarantees are on that or anything like that. And uh, Tremont Waters to uh, the Bucks. Yeah, Tremont Waters, two-year player, uh, two-year two-way player with mm-hmm. the Celtics. The last couple of years, he's a little guard. Uh, the challenge right now is the Bucks don't really have a roster spot for him, but the Bucks could use another another guard uh, off their bench. Um, so maybe. This could be one where you could see this getting converted. Um, I'm sure he doesn't want to spend another year on a two-way, but if that's the best thing for him, then that'll be what happens. Um, and he'll uh, he'll pair with – I'm ready. I've been practicing this one. Uh-oh. Sandro Mamukelishvili. Um, yeah, how would you like that? That's he, a real name. I didn't make it up. There's times <laughs> when we're going through this and you're throwing names at me and I'm going – this is a creative character, right? Like this, this is yep. made up. Nope. This, this isn't a real the person. Real guy. That, that name yep. that I know there's no way you could make up that name off the top of your head. This, <laughs> no. So it must be real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it was made up, it would be like Keith Smith is what I would say his <laughs> name is. It'd be something simple like that. My brain is not uh, smart enough, especially after this past weekend. Um, but yeah, he, he's a big guy out of Seton hall, uh, who they drafted. Um, and then they signed him to, to a, two-year two-way um so waters may may join uh him um on the bucks bench um as a two-way player uh yeah and then uh key debates diop so there's a two-way success story he got uh got moved up uh we'll see though the spurs right so they they waived chandler hutchinson um that brought them down into to range now where they needed to be contract wise except they're still plus one um, they still have one too many guaranteed contracts right now. So we'll see if Bates Diop got any kind of guarantee in his deal or not, or if they're just giving him a little little uh, bump for being a you know a good guy for them for the last couple of years. So some maneuvering left to go for the Spurs. And then, yeah, Joe Weiskamp was one of their um, uh, draft picks uh, designed around always going to a two-way. All right, let's get to a name people have probably let's do heard it. of. And the, I love this guy, man. I, Harry, I just want him to get a chance. Harry Giles. I mean, look, yeah. it winds up a non-guaranteed deal with the Clippers. And yeah. I don't like, okay, so the, the Clippers, you've already got to beat the Zubats, who's there, who's locking down the center position. And most of the time when Zubats was off the floor, they didn't even want to play another center. They wanted to play small. But Harry Giles, you know, there was a point where people saw him as the top prospect. 
right? The top guy. Yeah. And now here he is on a non-guaranteed deal. He's certainly talented. Um, I would like to see him catch on, even if it is with the Clippers, because I'd hate to see, like, he just had so much potential. People were so excited about him. I want to see him salvage this thing and figure it out. Yeah, two, if I remember correctly, and I apologize if I'm misspeaking here, but I think he tore his ACLs, I think both of them, or he tore the same one twice. I'm I'm fairly confident that he had two torn ACLs uh, before he even got to the NBA. So that's part of why um, he's never been what people thought he would be. And he was, uh, he got drafted late in the first round. Um, Traded immediately to the Kings, played kind of sparingly over two years for the Kings, but flashed a little bit. Was with Portland last year, barely played at all. I just looked it up. He only played less than 10 minutes a game and only 38 games total uh, played. So, you know, only 348 minutes uh, altogether. Uh, One thing interesting, though, took 23 three-pointers out of his 97 attempts. So that's kind of something to keep an eye on, I guess. Um, there, he's a pretty good passer. Um, the the Kings put together a highlight tape of his passing at one point. Uh, he's somebody that Celtics fans have wanted for years because he's yep. very very close friends with Jason Tatum. Um, he they they became uh, good buddies from from uh, their Duke connection. Uh, so people have always been like, can we get this guy on the on the uh, on the Celtics? Um, but yeah, now what's interesting with the Clippers, Serge Ibaka back. Mm-hmm. Um, Vita Zubac, as you said. Nothing else really for center minutes. Maybe Morris, Batum, maybe Justice Winslow is a super small ball five. Um, but yeah, maybe Giles does break through and make this team because it's if he does, it's just tax money for Steve Ballmer. And they already saved a bunch when they did the Eric Bledsoe trade. So yeah. maybe maybe that's that's what they're looking at here is we, we can afford to bring this guy in now. And I hope he makes it because I think there's potential there because my guess is they're not going to push Ibaka very hard. He didn't even make it through last season. He was hurt by right. by the time we playoffs rolled around. So probably not going to push him hard. Maybe Giles does finally get that chance to to break through. A couple other Dukies on that team too, right? I just really noticed that. Uh, Winslow, Luke Kennard mm-hmm. on that team. So maybe, maybe that's all he needs. He just needs some buddies around. That, that's what it is. That's all it's going to take. But uh, but <laughs> I think you're right though about, about Ibaka. And that's something that maybe I wasn't considering enough that Ibaka, if they try to just bubble wrap him and think, hey, you know what? We're going to need this guy come playoff time. Maybe Kawhi yeah. comes back by then. That's when we really want to be at our best. And so if that's the approach that you're going to have for the Clippers, you do need some kind of another big that you can throw in there. So perhaps that's uh, an opportunity there, a window opening for Harry Giles. And we'll see if it's something that um, that he can really seize this opportunity. Would be nice to see him stick around. Usually, by the way, guys, usually that's not how this goes. Usually yeah. situations like this, what we hear in a few weeks, player has been cut by by this team right or has been waived by this team that's usually how this goes but fingers crossed of course we would like to see him stick around in the nba yeah absolutely and then um i know a large portion of our audience is crossovers from uh, lakers nation Mm -hmm. we always appreciate you guys um and maybe i'm going to anger them with this but Uh The Clippers are not going to be terrible no. this year. I think there's this impression out there by some that the Clippers are going to be awful. Um, 
they're they don't think they're title contenders this year, not unless Kawhi pulls a miracle on his back earlier than anybody ever expected. Um, and I don't even think they'll be good enough where like he could come, you know, riding in and uh, save them, you know, right at playoff time. Like I don't think they're going to be the seventh seed that makes a run or anything like that. But I still think this team has a chance to be a playoff team when you get down Absolutely. to that level. Um, you know, in the let's call it the six to 10 range in the West. I think they're right there with those teams, even without Kawhi. I mean, Paul George is still pretty good. They've, they've got, they've real NBA players really kind of one through 10, even without uh, Kawhi. So that, that goes a long way. I know that, you know, that sounds funny to say, but, but I do think they've got legitimate uh, rotation guys um, up and down this roster. So I, I do think there's a chance that they're actually still, you know, a good team and maybe make the playoffs, you know, outright, not even have to fight through the plan. You know what this is, and I know this is going to be a complete shocker because we never do this. It's an overreaction. <laughs> As a basketball community, oh, yeah. it's an overreaction when we say, oh, the Clippers aren't even a playoff team. Now, it's along the same train of thought as saying, Oh, Ben Simmons. Well, now they have to trade him. He has zero (laughs) trade value. CJ McCollum, how many firsts are the Sixers going to have to throw in in order to get the Blazers to do CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons? Right. I mean, that's, that's the kind of discussion that we've seen going on around just the basketball community. And it's because we tend to overreact to things, right? We blow things out of proportion. And I think that's what's happening here with the Clippers, where people are saying, oh, they're not even a playoff team. No, they're still a playoff team, even without Kawhi. If you're, if you're saying they're not a playoff team, then you didn't pay attention to the playoffs last year and see what yep. they did without Kawhi. Now, I don't think they can sustain yes, that over an entire season. Finals. Yeah, they almost made the finals without him. All right, look, they're, they're yep. still a good team. They're still a quality team. And again, that feels kind of gross sticking up for the Clippers and all that. But again, <laughs> as, a, as a basketball community, sometimes we do this, where we perceive a rise or fall to be far greater than it actually is because sometimes the middle just isn't quite as exciting. You know what else I think in the West too, if you look at it on its face, Houston and OKC, you can feel pretty good saying, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Everybody else. I have no, I don't have to go very far or work overly hard to convince myself that they could be a playoff team. Even San Antonio, Minnesota, Sacramento, I can see versions where it all kind of goes right and those teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do in the West is, in in the East is starting to turn now there as well as they've they've got yep. better depth of teams. But especially in the West, we look for reasons to take teams out of the playoffs versus necessarily putting teams in. And I think it's one of those where, all right, well, if I'm saying the Warriors are in, if they're healthy, someone has to be out. All right. Oh, the Clippers. That's easy. No Kawhi. Take the yep. Clippers out. So I think that becomes almost our snap. Like just go with them. Um, and maybe that is how it goes. But, you know, who, who knows? It's, it also hasn't been the most healthy team True. in the world. You know, a lot of their main guys miss time. And if, if that's the the trouble, I always say this. You you know, I say this a lot. So never when the first guy goes down, most teams are okay. You can get by yeah. being down one guy. So what happens if you lose the second guy? And then if you ever lose the third guy, then then what do you do? Now you're into, you know, guys having to play roles that they're not ready to. And Paul George had some trouble staying healthy in uh, the past. Um, sometimes when he has to take on more of a uh, shoulder, more of a load, it becomes a little harder for him too. So that that's one thing where I just wonder a little bit is, is, 
is this team, is it just going to become too much? And could they be the team where kind of the wheels come off, it all falls apart? And they, they're looking at it in mid-March and say, yeah, let's just start shutting guys down. It's better if we miss out and push all the way through and then we'll be back strong in 2022. Maybe that's how it goes. And that could very well be the path that we wind up heading down. But I just don't think that the knee-jerk reaction of just, oh, they're not even no. a playoff team. I, it's I go, That's taking things too far. It's, too far. Um, it's also yep. going too far to flip the thing, flip the, the coin here. It's also going too far to just say, oh, the Lakers are clearly the one seed in the Western Conference. There's so many sure. different factors to look at here, including rest. How much teams are going to rest uh, players? How much teams are just going to focus on the playoffs and getting healthy for that? So, just something to keep in mind as we I, head into the regular season. Like, try not to overreact to some of these things. Sometimes just a team, they are what they are, um, and we don't have to assume that they're going to make a huge move in either direction, either better or worse. Let me throw up. Maybe this is a hot take, and you know, I don't really do these, but Uh-oh. I'm going to do it anyway tonight for you. I think it is more likely that Clippers are a playoff team a real playoff team, so a top six team, uh-huh. then, the, then it is that the Lakers are the one seed. Skip, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, right? The, yeah, the, I didn't yell quite enough. That's and right. <laughs> throwing papers around and getting all crazy. I just, I don't think the Lakers are going to push that hard for the one seed. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are coming back with mm. this. You know, hey, we're going to show you how good it works with, you know, all this older roster and these three guys together. And, and we've kind of said there'll probably always be at least one or two of them on the floor and those kind of things. But I just I just I can't see them going into Charlotte on a night where it's, but you know, we really need a win to keep pace with Utah. But, you know, LeBron's kind of banged up and Russ's knees bother him a little bit. But, but yeah, let's make sure we get that win against Charlotte on right. a Tuesday night in late January. I just I just can't see it. I, I do, It doesn't make sense, especially last year where I, I don't want to take anything away from the Suns, of course, because I think they were worthy uh, final steam and you know, earned everything that they got. But a big part of the Lakers was just they 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 hit the point of no return with being injured. Yeah, it was like it was too much to overcome. And I think I think especially at this point, LeBron and AD know like no one. And I bet no one's ever been able to really kind of dial Russ back on that. Mm-hmm. But I think if anybody's gonna, it's gonna be LeBron. He's gonna be like, uh, hey, we don't need you going coast to coast fifteen times when we're up twenty five on Detroit. You know, <laughs> on a on a Sunday night here in December. You know, like let's let's chill. You know, we you know you don't need to go crashing into Kelly Olynyk's clumsy ass and hurting yourself. <laughs> I can just see LeBron just grabbing what Russ, put him under, under his arm, and being like, "Dude, stop diving to the floor." Right? We're up twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> There's three minutes and left. I could see him saying, "Hey, do you remember when Kelly Olynyk broke Kevin Love and almost That's ruined right. our shot at winning a title?" Like, come on, let's 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 be smart here. Or yeah. I guess did maybe ruin their shot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's being that first Warriors team, but I. Digress. That's another story for another day. And, and you know what? Coming from the Lakers side, I I agree with you. I think that they are not going to push hard for the one seed because I don't think they care that much about it. Shoot. I think they care yeah. mostly about being healthy for the playoffs, developing yep. chemistry along the way, and that's it. If they if the one yeah, seed happens to be, to be sitting a... there, if it falls into their lap, great, they'll take yeah. it. You know, but it's not. I don't think if Frank Vogel were to list his primary concerns on the season, his goals of the season, finishing as the one seed is nowhere near the top. Yeah, I agree. I I think they'll push for home court advantage. They'll push to 
not go in the play-in. Just too many things can go wrong yeah. in the play-in. You know, you you hit the wrong team and you have a bad night and they have a good night, you're out. I mean, that's kind of the fun of it, right? And that's why we all love the NCAA tournament and gives us a little bit of a taste of that in the NBA without kind of screwing up the whole thing because um, I like the NBA playoffs the way they are. But, yeah, I, I do think it is one of those where, yeah, they'll, they'll push to be in the top four, but beyond that, I don't think, and I and, and I don't think they're going to have to push very hard to be in the top four. I think they've clearly got more than enough depth and talent to to be there. Um, I've been kind of starting to loosely play a little bit with my, my where do I see team slotting in a little. We're we're nowhere close to ready to unveil those yet, but um, but yeah, that's just kind kind of things that have been floating around a little bit, Absolutely. you know, with, with me as I, you know, with that. So yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We we looked at this episode and we said we've got a bunch of quick little, <laughs> you know, quick hitter news spots. You know, we've got the, the Simmons thing to lead us off. Up. And then we've got some really fast takes that we're going to get through. And uh, here we are. We're actually one of our longer shows recently <laughs> because once we start talking basketball and the season is coming up, we just we it's hard to stop. But because um, I missed the day, that's I was right. Firing that's off what all it is. Takes and my wife and daughter were like, "Would you shut up already? <laughs> we don't want to hear it. <laughs> Save it so, for the show." Yeah. Um, and thanks, thanks to Ron for for pinch hitting. I appreciate that. Uh, the other day, hopefully he doesn't Wally Pip me here and uh, take take <laughs> me out of the lineup here, uh, or I don't become Wally Pipped as he's he's the Lou Gehrig uh, in that situation. But yeah. Um, Guys, a couple of people did ask. We will get back to the review yeah. previews. Um, Hawks and Mavericks are next. Um, we're, we're probably going to record that very soon here. Um, I think now. Uh, Tomorrow, probably. <laughs> knock on wood, barring knock any wood, other yes. injury situations here. Um, uh, I think we're both uh, back to normal now with school and work and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And we'll, we'll get back in all that stuff uh, here soon for everybody. So we, we will get all 30 teams done, uh, even if we have to rapid fire a few at the end. They, they will be done. We will get there. So be on the lookout for that. And don't forget, everybody, do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you follow us, whether you're on uh, if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Make sure you follow us and leave us a review as well. We certainly appreciate five it. Five stars. Yes, five star is what we are always looking for. And, of and course, 10K. That's right, 10,000 followers. So subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Make sure you like this video. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see ya.